Hello, darkness, my old friend. In this case, I don't know, maybe you guys are the darkness and I'm the old friend or the other way around. Either way, it doesn't matter because like the lyrical genius of the Simon and Garfunkel sleepy hit, we are reunited again. It is me, Taylor, your friend of the Cancel Me Baby podcast. And you may be wondering, is this an illusion? Is this a mirage? What am I doing hearing Taylor's voice as deranged as it may be in my ears today on this Friday? You know, funny seeing each other here because we don't normally meet like this. But yes, I am sliding into your metaphorical DMs. That is your audio streaming. That is your IGTV. I don't care. That is your dreamy state of a daydream that may or may not be happening right now. Doesn't matter. The point is I'm here on a Friday to talk to you because we have some things to debrief. Your girl is back in the saddle again. What saddle? What saddle? The saddle of the the one and only this very special world of the Hollywood celebrity junket circuit interview scene. Mm -hmm. So I had an interview and I dropped it yesterday with the stars and the creator, writer, director of the Amazon prime new, very risque edgy coming of age movie birds of paradise. So you got to watch it. It's like 14 minutes. Okay. Like you have 14 minutes. You have 14 minutes to scroll and drool on your Instagram. You have 14 minutes to have your regular mental breakdown of 2021. I know you got 14 minutes to listen or watch that interview. But the point is, the point is I had so many thoughts after this interview that I couldn't even hold it in my panties to keep it from you guys. I was like, we need to hop on here. Like I said, TGIF and give no Fs to talk about it because I feel like there are just things that themes and things that I just could not keep inside like a Jack in the box. I had to let it out. Okay. So here's one of the things that I asked the stars of this movie. And in retrospect, I was kind of like, wait, what, how did that? And why, what possessed, like, how did that come out of my mouth? Here's what I asked. Diana, I'm going to gear this at you because you were in Booksmart, love Booksmart, who doesn't? And Mm -hmm. Vulture, uh, who I also worked for, called your scene in that movie groundbreaking. And at the time you were like, it's funny because I'm approved. Now, this is my life story because I always talk about sex and I'm the biggest Puritan you'll ever meet. (laughs) So for both of you girls, is this still a vibe? Are you like, it's funny because I'm prude. And are we all kind of prude still when it comes to about sex on screen? Hmm. Okay. So immediately you may be thinking, wait a sec, amnesia girl. How are you asking the stars of this movie? If we as audiences can possibly still be prude when it comes to sex on the screen, given the fact that I just did an episode, what was it last week? I don't know. Again, we've established this time does not exist, but nonetheless did an episode about how every singer songwriters labia and or scrotum was on our foreheads during the vmas right so unnecessarily and so you're going to turn around and ask these girls if we somehow are still prude when we are so desensitized hear me out though because i had this awakening too after i did this interview right 
because what I talk about in the interview specifically is a um, lesbian scene, right? That is akin to the black swan scene with Mila Kunis and Natalie Portman. Don't act like you forgot. And what I asked them in the interview, which this is a sidebar, but it's hilarious how like celebrities are still scared of answering my questions, like straight up shook. But I say to them, isn't there something to be said about lesbian scenes, how we still kind of get a little giddy and excited? It's like, we're still not really, even as a straight woman, I'm saying this, like we're still not totally used to it. And I describe it in the interview as like kind of a forbidden fruit. And the metaphor I use is like the kid who steals his dad's playboy and is kind of like looking at it under the covers, like, oh my God, a nipple, right? That's kind of how I feel like even when I see women kissing on screen and that's what brought me to say to them, are we still kind of prude in a way? I do think, and I'm going to get to the sentiment that these scenes should be kept kind of sacred. Cause like I said, in the VMAs episode, like nothing is edgy when everything is edgy. And now it's become so over the top. It's a 24 seven hustler strip scene. And literally my eyeballs are falling out of my skull. I'm like, we get it. But the bigger picture here, what got me thinking about this is why is it that the music industry seems to be straight up shameless when it comes to sex as discussed in VMA's app? And the movie scene has somehow kept a little bit of their discreetness and mystery intact. In a good way, I'm saying. In a good way, I'm saying. Like, unless it's Brad Pitt's ball sack, like a 4D, 5D, VR, I don't give a shit experience of that. You know, even I've talked about this before. But remember, it was the biggest deal of all time. The biggest, like astronauts in space did an orbit back down here to see Ben Affleck's like literally peak at his balls for 0.2 seconds of a frame in Gone Girl. It was like the biggest deal. It's all anyone talked about. Like, screw the plot. Literally nobody cares where the Gone Girl is. We just want to see perhaps a centimeter of this guy's balls, right? So I'm saying movies have somehow managed to keep sexuality, somewhat still of a little bit of a forbidden fruit mystery. And I like that. So I don't have any concrete answers for you today. Again, this is all stuff that was just going on in my brain after this interview. And because I have zero chill, had to, you guys are my only friends now, had to share it with you and get your take on it. I just couldn't keep it inside. Okay. So what is it? You know, number one, do you agree? Has the music industry gone balls to the wall, pun intended, shameless, and the movie industry is lagging behind? And I don't even want to say lagging because I hope that they are the the tortoise and the snail, whatever it is. I hope they're the snail and or the tortoise in this scenario. Like we are not asking you to keep up and rush. But what is it? What is it about movies? I feel like unless you totally disagree with me and you're like, no, movies have gone all out too. They need to reel it back and they need to chill. I was talking to the, about this with my friend today and he's like, are you, I don't know, because I heard the new gossip girl reboot is like showing t- teenage high schoolers in a way that would make the Kama Sutra embarrassed. Like, which I, I haven't seen it, but it ties into what I'm getting to later with this whole experience on this Friday when it comes to pushing stuff and trying too hard. But on the flip side of that, So while this is all going on in my mind, right, 
we see two things kind of happen and playing out at once. Kourtney Kardashian doing a collaboration with Megan Fox for Skims in a lesbianist manner. The photo shoot is super hot. It is like they have like an apple between them and they're wearing like skims, right? They're wearing lingerie. If you don't know what skims is, crawl out from under your this stone right here behind me in this very library-esque room. By the way, this is like the traveling show. Nothing's, ain't no mountain high enough. Nothing is going to stop me from getting to you, babe. Okay, last week I made a Wrigley Brothers reference and this puts that to shame. They like Ringley Brothers who we're going to travel all around to talk to each other. But anyway, OK, so they have this shoot that comes out for Skims, Kim Kardashian's lingerie line, and they're wearing basically nothing like rolling around on top of each other. There's one shot that already is like super iconic. I love the whole aesthetic. It's like just them facing each other kind of with their eyes closed and there's an apple between them. They're both biting. And then there's another shot where Courtney's like feeding Megan cherries. Right. Super, super like lesbianist. Okay. And at the same time, at the same time, I had watched Rihanna's new push because her lingerie line as well. What is it? Savage Fenty um, had this whole like thing with all these, like her whole point was to be inclusive. And she has these models rocking this lingerie and it is inclusive. It's like every kind of person, every color, every creed, every body size, under the sun. And I even watched an interview with her talking about how like everyone deserves to feel sexy in lingerie. And that's why I want this to be inclusive. Like I want everyone to feel like a hot piece of ass, right? So this is all playing out. And what is it to me? Like you would think, cause on the show, again, I talk a lot about like pushing stuff and trying too hard and trying to be woke and trying to be all sorts of things. And to me, both of these initiatives, oddly enough, felt super hot, like didn't feel like they were trying too hard. And I thought, aha, that is your light bulb moment, my friends, because I realized what is it that doesn't make either of these things feel wokey, preachy, pushing too hard, trying too hard. Number one is just straight up raw hotness straight up raw hotness. You know, in this interview with these women, I tried to talk about the difference between the male gaze and the female gaze, which LOL sidebar, something I don't miss. I admittedly full transparency about, you know, interviews with stars is number one. My friend was like, you straight had them shook because they were like looking at their publicist sweating, being like, can I answer this up? But them straight on straight up, like dodging your questions like a shortstop. Okay. Get up on your sports analogies, hon, but dodging your questions, like not even answer them. Cause I asked them like at the end of the day, this whole hype about male gaze, female gaze, does it really matter who it's coming from? Like someone male, female, whoever is finding it sexy. So does it really matter who the gaze is coming from a sexuality, sexuality at the end of the day, didn't really get a straight answer to that, but nonetheless, it brings me to both of these initiatives, right? With the skims and the Rihanna line. Both of them are just like pure classic hotness, which I think, and I talk about this actually in an upcoming junket interview I have next week with an indie star in this like really hot, um, you know, provocative horror film. And she, like, we talk about this, but it like, why do we have to get away from just like straight up hotness? 
You know, I feel like, and I'd get into this with her next week. So you're going to want to stick, stick, you know, stick around for that one. <laughs> Don't take any long trips anywhere, but Oh God, I was just going to be politically incorrect and be like, don't be taking a trip to Afghanistan anytime soon. So you're, you're going to want to hear this. No, but um, I feel like now we have to almost like the mainstream is like women have been exploited and seen in this way in so long. And so now it's like, even women are the ones saying this, right? Where it's like, no, we can't be seen as sexually sexy in a classic conventional way. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with that? Who cares? Like women find it hot. Men find it hot. It's like, we don't have to go so extreme and portray ourselves as nuns to be taken seriously is my point. And I feel like both of these initiatives don't shy away from like classic sexy hotness is my point. Like they own it. So classic sexuality and hotness, number one. And number two, sweetheart, take notes grab a pen, grab a pencil, grab a Sharpie, grab a chalkboard is confidence, like pure old fashioned confidence that comes through with the Megan Courtney thing, which obviously no, like they're feeling themselves like harder than literally an adolescent boy, right. In bed at night, but confidence, same thing with the models in the Rihanna show, not trying too hard because they are just feeling it. They're not out here giving us you know, a presidential inauguration monologue speech about why it's so important to include this, that. No, they're up there in a thong, shaking their ass and having a good time, like a thong and a nice blazer even to make it professional. Like they just have that pure confidence. And it's like, I got nothing to prove. I got nothing to prove. So this is what also got me thinking about this junket interview because the, it's so funny because the producers were, here's another transparent behind the scenes thing. The producers, since it was on zoom, were DMing me during the interview being like, you have five minutes left. You have two minutes left, you know? And then when it was time to wrap, they were like, wrap, wrap, your time is up. Like in caps, like screaming at me through the computer. And any seasoned journalist knows when they say rap, sweetheart, you don't actually rap. You keep going until they pull you out by your false eyelash extensions. Like this is one Oh, one. So they're writing me like rap Taylor. That's your time. That's your time. And I just keep going. Okay. But had I had more time, there was a question that I was going to ask them, which is being on a somewhat mainstream platform, right? Like these are pretty mainstream stars. Amazon prime is mainstream. They just had Cinderella with Camila Cabello, Camila Cabello. Sorry. Is there a pressure to please everyone, to check all the boxes, to be woke, right? Especially with like a coming of age teen stars that unhinged Gen Z people are going to watch and have a conniption over and pick apart every little thing. Is there a pressure to sort of check those boxes? Like I was going to ask them that, although my instinct tells me they would have come back with some like, no, as long as it's inclusive and true to the story, da, 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 sort of thing. Right. But it really has me thinking, you know, does like, do these filmmakers plug shit in and does that actually, you know, in, 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 you know, to sort of shield themselves from the crazy Twitter place. And does that mess up the actual art? Like, does it actually mess up the product? You know what I'm saying? My friend, I was talking about this with him today and he made a great analogy. I can't even take credit for it. Otherwise I would. 
He also listens to the show and huge supporter. What's up, Evan? So I'm not going to take total credit, but he made a good comparison. And he said, do you think if Michelangelo had people chiming in every five seconds while he was doing his painting, they would turn out the same. They wouldn't affect it and it wouldn't affect the outcome. Right? Holy shit. I got Einstein awakened today from the grave. I got Socrates. Hey, fuck. Even Thomas Edison. He is like, they are all like this girl and this people of the Can't Me Baby community. They are on to some revelations today. They're going to join us in heaven one day and have a great ass party. Now, this brings me to my third, uh, you know, point or, you know, the ball that was rolling in the hamster wheel of my brain. I attribute the hamster wheelness to 2020. Thank you for making me a numb potato. But anyway, here's another thing going off woke and trying too hard is I don't know if you guys noticed, but in this interview, the first question that I asked Diana Silvers, who is a fantastic actress and she was in Booksmart. I love you guys have to check it out. Great movie like actually made me laugh unlike any movie since Wedding Crashers. <laughs> what a revelation. So I asked her about, you know, what it's like to have another groundbreaking, if you want to call it lesbian scene, because in book smart people called her scene groundbreaking. And she goes off to say like this whole answer about like, I think even in the answer, some of like the buzzy words she used were things like heteronormative, like misogynistic, fluid, right? All these buzzwords. And admittedly, a transparency, openness moment number 100 of today. And I don't know if you can see it in the video too, but I start to like notice myself kind of tune out because I feel like these buzzy type of words, here's, here's the thing. They automatically make us like be like, uh, right? Because of this again, this whole idea of trying too hard. But I realized like she and these filmmakers, uh, you know, they're so pure and well intentioned. I really thought about it after the fact. I'm like, despite the fact that even I was starting to like tune out, and I think that's what happens when we hear these like buzzwords, right? Because we feel like we're almost like bring, being preached to, or like we're being taught a lesson, or being forced something. I realized that they actually are so well-intentioned, you know, they're trying to do the right thing. She's saying, you know, in her opinion, how fluid sexuality is, and that deserves to be shown on the screen. And I agree. I mean, why not? Like, why the hell not? Like, come all, come, come one, come all, like have a good time. You know, all these people from all different, you know, walks of life. And I don't mean to sound wokey here myself, but people experiencing different things, um, on a different, like, ray of the sunshine again this does okay I, I don't know if that was the best metaphor but you know what i'm saying on the spectrum of sexuality of whatever deserve to be seen i mean again why the hell not why the hell not like they're experiencing it let's see it like i know i've experienced some stuff like nothing like too exciting but like i've told you about my experience with other men whatever okay sure let's see it so again well intentioned but I realized when we hear these words, we're like, oh, no, not again, not again. And it got me thinking, is there a way to get around that? Is there a way to get around that? Like, who is getting in whose way here? Or is that always going to be in the way? Like, even in a movie like this, where to be honest, it didn't. And I said this to them in the interview, it actually did not, 
you know, the sexuality and the intimacy scenes did not feel forced, did not feel preachy. Like it didn't feel like too much at all. But when they talk about it is when I start to be like, Ugh. and how do we avoid that? Like, cause ultimately, right. You're going to hear those things and ultimately check out. So how do they get their message through without just like zoning us out in Toronto McDonald's Funhouse with a bunch of dirty ass plastic balls where we're just like, we're, we're done. We, we tuned out the moment you said heteronormative, whatever, you know? So again, no answers for you today, but just some things to think about on your way to go play. And I'm glad that I'm rhyming because I'm about to talk about rappers, okay? So this whole thing got me thinking, you know, whether it be, you know, pushing messages or sexuality or whatever it is. And how come the Megan and Courtney and Rihanna, like all these things like hit in a way that just feels like sexy and not trying too hard. And that's when I realized yet again, oh my gosh, what a day of education. (laughs) What a day of learning. I kind of realized, is it better to just kind of give no fucks? And just own it and be real. And here's the example I was going to tell you about the rappers, because this was also a conversation I was having with my friend today. And I was like, wait a minute, this actually ties in to this Friday fun day. Okay. Sunday fun day. Who? She is shaking. Never heard of her. (laughs) Okay. So we were talking about athletes and how there is a vibe in the athletic, professional athletic community where they are maybe not the most committed monogamous, right. With their partners. Cause they live these like high life, you know, lifestyles they are hot. They're in shape. They're bouncing around. They're doing all the things, you know, balls are not included. And I told her, I was like, you know, funny enough, one year I covered the, the ESPYs and I asked athletes about this, you know, the stereotype, if you want to call it that they cheat on their partners, you know, like I said, getting caught up in the lifestyle, the whole thing. And you know what, to be honest, you can look on the YouTube. I think I have a couple clips up there. They, they were honest. They got into it. Although I will say this is pretty funny because I interviewed a pair. I think if it, it was female wrestlers or something, talk to them about it, right? Their publicist comes back. Like she's seen the ghost of Christmas past straight up shaking, you know, green in the face, you know, has the sweats. And she's like, you can't use any of that material. She had thought I was talking about cheating on the sport, not their partners. Like how hilarious. So we were talking about two totally different things. Like talk about a parallel universe, right? The other example I have is when I talked to Ludacris about same sort of thing, like the stereotype about rappers being players. And my friend, Evan said to me, the bowtie bandit said to me, he's like, how did you, a white woman get away with asking of like one of the most famous black married men about this on camera. And it goes for both of these examples. Again, I think it's really just about, this is like a note that the woke needs to take ironically, because they're always trying to like push a message and like get an agenda across and like get it in people's heads. But I wish that they would just like take with them to not try so hard, you know, like the Rihanna thing. Again, you would think that this is like, the Wokes Statue of Liberty Parade Independence Day, what she's doing. But it doesn't feel like it because it's just that confidence of like, I don't give a fuck and here I am. Take it or leave it. And it's kind of the same thing with these interviews I did, right? It's like 
just being real, being in the moment and not trying too hard and just kind of having that swag of like not giving any fucks. So I realized like, that's what makes it work. That's what makes it work. That's what makes it twerk. You know, unlike your crazy Instagram face filter, unlike the newest up and coming TikToker who is lip syncing and choreographing to every new fad under the sun. Maybe, maybe the swag comes and the actual messaging and sexiness comes when we aren't trying so hard. So as somebody, as somebody, a self-proclaimed Aquarius who overthinks everything, maybe we all need to give a collective a collective, a little less fucks. 